Kendra, let's start by uh, learning a little bit about you. Sure. So I am head of operations for Parable, and I joined the company just over two, two and a half years ago, just after raising their Series A round. So before that, I was working at Techstars, which is a company that helps um, startups through an investment and an accelerator program. And Parable actually went through the program I was running at the time back in 2019. So it was a fun little transition when I wanted to kind of move back from more of the advisor kind of helping out on the investment side, move back over into operations. Um, when Parable was ready to hire a full-time operations role, I said, hey, let's let's talk. And it was a perfect kind of transition over back over the operator side. That's great. What was the catalyst for them needing to bring uh, on somebody in that role? Um, it really was ready to scale. They raised their Series A, and, and before that, it was a small team, um, and now with money behind them, really feeling like they had product market fit. COVID was also part of a catalyst because we're remote. We fit really well with remote work in terms of it's a meeting software, meeting collaboration software, mostly for agile teams, but our templates work for a lot of different types of meetings. So you know, really started out in the retrospective space. People, we've got teams using that on a weekly basis. We also do stand-ups, one-on-one meetings, check-ins. From an operations perspective, we even have templates around like our strategic planning as well as like performance reviews, peer feedback. We can do all of that kind of within the templates of our product software. And so needless to say, when COVID hit, everyone went remote. We had a big jump and that was kind of a forcing function of, okay, we're ready for a series A. So long story short, that being, okay, it was still a small team. Now, how do we get ready to scale? And so bringing in a full-time operations really to kind of help focus on what is it going to look like? What do we need internally to really scale? Um, and so that's why this first, you know, this, and still today, I'm the one operations role. So <laughs> we're, uh, we're still a small team. And so it'll be, you know, fun to talk today in kind of different ways we've been able to scale, but still, you know, from an operations perspective, we're still a team of one. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. Love it. And what, uh, when you were brought onto the company, how many employees were there at that time? I think we were already at 10. They had immediately started doing some hiring, mostly on like the developer side. Yep. Um, when I came on, we were in the process of switching from you know, gusto and managing all of the you know, W-2 employees ourselves and switching to a um, PEO, we went with Sequoia One as a way to scale faster, essentially, because trying to hire and then make sure you've got everything set up in the new state that you're bringing somebody on, it was just going to take too long. And so we were at 10 and we're now at 27 and we're at 10 different countries as well. So we were able to scale and really be able to kind of look for talent anywhere yep. instead of being um, held back by, well, what is the process going to look like if we bring someone on from a particular state or even a particular country? Yep, sure. So triple the size of the company. You've got people everywhere. It sounds like the meeting software, like you said, is really good for remote organizations. And that's also the type of business that you guys are. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about the operations and how you guys work and what you know, remote work means for you guys? Yeah. So I personally have been remote for over 20 years. So I was very familiar with remote work coming into, and it was one of the reasons why when we first saw Parable, 
as a company to invest in on the Techstar side, I was very interested in seeing the software and, and loved what it could do. Even though like Agile was their original focus, I, we were started using it internally at Techstars for the way of which we would meet with companies or meet internally with our one-on-ones and our check-ins. And so I knew that, you know, we could, it was remote from the beginning. We had no plans on having, like, we wanted to stay remote. That was the, the plan of the, the company. And so the one thing I think I even realized when I came on is not only is it remote, it's also very, we're also very async in terms of we, there's a lot of autonomy for people to kind of create the work, the environment of which they're going to work best in. And in order to have people across 10 different countries, we cannot all be on at the same time. And so we've got to get really good at asynchronous communication. Um, so obviously we live in Slack, but we also have ways of which, you know, we can limit the number of meetings we have. And so we've got our weekly check-ins that we do, you know, through our software. And then we've got our every other retrospectives where we're then, you know, reflecting and giving feedback. And, and then the in-between time is really on Slack and it's, you know, does this, we're not meeting a whole lot in person and that allows us to kind of grow remotely. Um, but what it means is you have to be really good at written communication and making sure that you're, you know, very clear on what you're asking for, what you need, and being good at asking for what you need, like in the, so that is, I think, one of the biggest things that I've even noticed coming to parable from other remote environments is the asynchronous side of it. You know, I've had other jobs where I just live on Zoom all day long and it can be exhausting. Yes. And, it, and so this, and so that was really kind of where I saw the difference of why parable seems to work so well in a remote, fully distributed team. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. We've been going through some of those challenges ourselves here at our company. You know, we've got people in 10 plus different countries at this point. And it's, yeah, I think as you as you scale generally, but especially if you're distributed, you have to get really good at email, Slack, like, you know, one to many and one to one conversations to make sure things are crystal clear because a, people, like you said, aren't online all at the same time. And we've realized that as well, like in communicating through Slack, sometimes, you know, you put a message and people don't see it. So we've realized we have to put right. things in place to make sure, you know, it's visible to people no matter what time, you know, they're logging on for the day. And then B, like without being in person, you can't just turn around in your chair and be like, hey, what do you mean? What are you talking about? <laughs> you know, people want to, people want to just get to the next thing I find. And so often there's a lot of miscommunications that can happen in Slack when, you know, if something's not extremely clear and, you know, the teams aren't proactively trying to clear those things up as they would do in person. So certainly a challenge. Yeah. Glad to hear you guys are, you know, figuring out ways uh, to do that really well. Tell me a little bit about, um, so you were brought on in the operations role to scale the business. Uh, tell me, like, what's the whole realm of your role? Obviously, hiring is probably just a part of it. Um, so I'd be curious right. to learn more about kind of everything in your sphere. Yeah. So head of operations for Parable means there is people ops, there's the finance ops, there is just general business operations as well. So it kind of scans across those three areas. And so hiring is definitely one of them. Um, but then it was also finance from like the payroll side. Um, what does benefits look like? Um, but then also 
sales contracts, if sales have any questions, it's coming back to us from a business perspective, needing to make sure that it falls within compliance of the, you know, our, our business. And then I also work from a finance perspective, our CEO takes the lead in terms of like the head of finance revenue, but I kind of working with accounts receivables, accounts payables, making sure that we've got um, everything set um, so that we're, um, he's not focused on those, you know, the day-to-day pieces of the, the finance side as well. So yeah, for it sure. definitely runs between those three areas on a daily basis. And do you feel like once you reach a certain size um, or a certain volume of work in one of those areas, that's where you would probably end up hiring people more focused on, let's say, HR, talent acquisition, if you're trying to hire a lot of people and it becomes too much for you to handle with everything else or sales are, you know, off the charts and you right. need yes, more. Yes, I'd love work. an intro lawyer and not yeah. have to review costs. That would be wonderful. Yeah. Um, yes. No, I actually think um, the, the larger we get, it makes a lot of sense to have somebody more specialized in people operations. That's not my background. Um, and so we rely a lot on people across the company when it comes to hiring to kind of fill in those gaps. And then I'm the one that can just make sure we're doing everything we need to do from end to end. Um, and then I manage the relationships we need to have with our PEOs, with our external recruiters, the headhunters, like I'll manage those relationships, but it, it really comes down to, you know, needing to pull everyone in when we're hiring. Yep. Yep. So you're really facilitating the process and making it really collaborative. Um, and I think that's what, you know, companies have your guy's size need to do right it's like it's a it's a team effort and it's important to bring everybody from the team well not everybody but you know what i mean into the hiring process because ultimately you know when you're at 20 30 people like every single person is a pretty significant add to the business and so to have everybody on the same page about the people that you're bringing in is really important you know for continuing to build the culture and ultimately you know bringing on the best people to do the job. So I'm curious to learn a little bit more about the hiring process, how you get other people involved. What does that typically look like? Yeah. So if we have a role, we typically have the hiring manager then be who is ever going to be managing that, that person so that they can kind of take the lead on reviewing. If we have a recruiter, they'll do the first screening for us at least. So that person's not getting bogged down with just every resume to have to go through. They will have somebody kind of do that first screening. And then from there, the hiring manager will do a kind of fit for role interview is what we call it. And so they're managing that first phase. If they want to proceed to the next phase, we call it then a fit for organization. And we actually do like a culture style interview where we're pulling in people from, it used to be from, we wanted to get kind of all areas, but then it was like, we don't need to overwhelm the candidate. And so we try to get at least like three people and have it be somebody from directly with who the team they'd be working with, but then, you know, see some outside teams as well. And so from that, it's more of a panel style. We try to make it as, as unintimidating as possible that it's just here. Like you're here to kind of see who we are as well. Like ask, we tell them to come with questions as well as our questions. And that one's really kind of to see how they fit within the, the organization. And then we do something really unique that I hadn't seen before coming to Parable. And that is we do a paid we call it a batting practice, but like a paid project. And so it's a great way, especially being remote, especially being async is like, how well is this the right environment for you as a candidate? How well do you work with 
with the team. Um, and we're able to see any kind of questions that we had left from those first two interviews. We make sure that we're like ready to have answered by the time we're coming out of that paid project. And so we have like a, a buddy that is kind of there to kind of help. We use our software to kind of do a, like a pre retrospective of like, here's the expectations of the project. Here's what we're looking for any questions that they have. And so it's, you know, very clear going into the project kind of what, and we say it's really less about the outcome of the project than it is like learning how well we work together. Um, and so that has kind of helped us because then they're seeing and working directly with who they're going to work with every day. They're in Slack with us. We invite them to the meetings that would be happening that week to kind of give them a full introduction into. And so it's the next best thing in terms of we can't bring them into the office for interviews and walk them around. And so it, it's a way to, and, and we do it, we pay them for that time, knowing that's a big commitment. Sure. It's very part and we're not expecting them to like take time off from the job they currently have. It's definitely meant to be, you know, happening at the same time. Um, and so that's worked really well for us just because you get a really good sense of, are they a, a fit? Um, and they feel confident, like, yes, this is a place I want to come and come and work by the time we're done. Yeah, that's a great point. I think, look, there's a lot of companies that do projects or some type of, you know, skills test to see, can this person right. do yeah. the we job? We don't do the, the front end, like testing kind of stuff at, at this point in time. Yeah. yeah, but I think like the approach that you guys are taking is really important and very effective um, because it's more of a real world scenario. You know, I think a lot of companies, when they give a project, it's like, all right, here's a little brief, give it to the candidate go off on your own yeah. and do this with maybe not as much context as they would need and not somebody to really ask a lot of questions to. And so, sure, you're getting a feel for what the candidate can kind of do on their own. But if that's not really indicative of the way that they're going to work within your business, it doesn't tell you as much as you would like to know. And so I think the way that you guys yeah. are doing it um, really gives you the insight uh, you need to make sure, hey, will this person be able to thrive in a remote environment? How well do they communicate asynchronously? Mm -hmm. We are a company that powers meetings. Um, how you know uh, well are they doing in those meetings and participating and asking questions? And then I think, like you said, on the flip side as well for the candidate, that really helps them make a decision too. Look, if at the end of the day, they realize this environment just isn't for me. Like it doesn't match my work style. Um, right. You know, maybe I'd prefer to be in person or whatever it is. At least, you know, then right before you bring them on, onboard them. And in 30 days, they're like, eh, you know, this isn't for me. And then you got to start the whole process over. Yeah, exactly. And how did you guys come up with that? That is a good question. I have not asked that. It was already in place when I came on. That's how I was hired. I had to, I was doing a, a project on the side. And so we do this for every hire that we've brought on. I will have to ask Jordan, our CEO, where that first, if he brought it from a different, you know, a company he was at before of where that came from. Because even my husband asked, he's like, where did batting practice come from? I was like, I don't know, at the sports reference, but we'll have to see. Uh, yeah, well, as, well a, as a former baseball player, I, I can appreciate the batting practice reference. And uh, yeah, no, that's that's really cool. And I think, look, I was looking at your careers page as well and just all of the resources you make available for candidates. And I think you guys do a great job of being super transparent about you know, what you guys are all about, what the work environment's like, and to give candidates the ability to self-select in or self-select out if that looks like a place they want to be. So I think the project you know, really 
goes hand in hand with the content you guys are already putting out there for candidates to do on their own. So that's great. Yeah, I think, you know, a lot of people say we, this is just about it's, it's just a, as much about you wanting to come work for us versus us, you know, wanting you. And I feel like we truly mean that, like we want to make sure it's a fit because ultimately it affects the culture. If, if we hire, you know, if we think they're a great talent, but then they don't fit in terms of the way of which we work then it's just going to have a negative impact on them and on the culture overall. So yes, we, part of our culture is, we call it open eyes. It's we're very transparent. And so as much as we can kind of put out there ahead of time, it makes it very easy for them to know exactly what they're walking into and what they're saying yes to um, when we bring them on. Yeah. And look, I think every company, there's these different phases they go through of their growth um, where certain hires are critical. And for the phase that you guys are at, every single person you bring on is critical, not only for the performance of the business, because, you know, at this point, they'd be, the next person you bring on is one of 28. Like, that's a pretty significant ratio, but also for the culture that's going to set the tone for the company as you guys grow from 27 to 50 to 100 and beyond um, or wherever you guys are going. Like the people you're bringing on now are really going to be the folks that, you know, shape more or less the DNA of the company in its next phase of growth. And so... Uh, for you guys to be able to properly vet people to make sure that they're going to be the people that you want to come on that journey with you, but also for candidates to be able to make the decision on their own that this is the place I want to be, you know, for potentially years to come. It's really important that those two things sync up, you know, because you don't want to be in this position where you guys are at right now and trying to scale to, let's say, 50 people, but it's constantly two steps forward, one step back because people are coming in and out the door because there's not good alignment happening throughout the hiring process. Yeah, we actually had an internal conversation around, could we accommodate and try to hire in more like South America where English would not be the first language? And I, we've decided it would just be too difficult. It'd be too big of an impact on the culture, even though we now have enough people that also speak Spanish, that they could probably function and, and the work output would be great, but we weren't we're not quite large enough. There's not enough of them where it wouldn't have a negative impact on how they would feel involved in the overall company because there's not. And so it's it's fun to have these conversations like, OK, are we can we get large enough? Like when is the right time to then even be able to expand not just the countries we're in, but also the languages of which we can take on? And and so, yeah, we've had some of those conversations and just kind of said eh, we're still a little too nervous about what it would do to the, the, the culture. Yeah, totally. Makes sense. And looking ahead, you know, 2024, what are some of the goals specifically as it relates to hiring? Where are you focused? Honestly, we are, we're, we've slowed down quite a bit and want to just kind of focus on our, the growth of the product within the team that we have. Um, we're at one of these where we're, you know, we venture backed, we raised that series A, but we're really close to profitability. And so, the environment, the external environment that we have around us, it's like, well, do we spend faster and then know that we've got to be ready to raise again? Or could we actually get ourselves to our own profitability, then grow at our own pace and not be reliant on another round of fundraising at a specific moment, like with a hard deadline versus doing it when we're ready to. Yep. And so we've made the strategic um, plan as to not keep the scale that we have been doing and really focus on profitability. And then once we hit that marker is, okay, now how can we continue to scale again and be ready to rate? So 
we're still thinking we will go the venture trajectory, but slowing a bit because of external environment that yep. we've been given that we were not planning on. Most of us, I don't think were. Yep. And then, and then scaling again. So we'll probably have a fairly quiet 2024 when it comes to hiring, but for really good reason that like we could actually see profitability and, and then have a little bit more control over the way of which we want to grow yeah. next. No, I, I mean, I think a lot of companies are doing that right now. So I think it's smart, you know, it's all about, these are those times where you really want to drive efficiencies in the business make processes repeatable. And that way, you know, when you're adding headcount, you know, they're being added to an efficient engine that's sustainable and you're not going to be, you know, living round around and, you know, constantly have to do more yeah. fundraising to fuel growth of yeah. the business. You know that the go-to-market engine that you're building is going to be repeatable and sustainable and predictable. So you know when to add people, you know, and that also, you know, makes the company more attractive when you go into a fundraising round as well, because, you know, future investors are going to look at the systems um, that you guys have in place and see that you're ready to scale with an infusion of capital. And it's very easy to see where the money needs to go um, right. because you've driven those efficiencies. So, you know, I think that makes a lot of sense. What have you found, you know, since coming on with the team, you know, I know you guys have placed a big emphasis on uh, culture, but as you think about the hiring process specifically in trying to attract people to the company from all over the world. What have you found to work really well for you guys? I think our transparency helps a lot. We publish every Friday, we call it the Friday ship, and we kind of talk about what we're working on. And we're very transparent where it sometimes it is how we work and it is the things of which we are discussing internally. And then it's also sometimes, you know, product things that we are working on. And so we're talking about that every Friday. We share our metrics every Friday of how things are are going. And so I think that really helps people that are looking for a new job, like finding us from that perspective, if they can kind of see the inner workings of Parable without even talking to us first. So that's one of the ways. And then typically, if we've got a specific job, we will look for like job boards that fit our type of culture. So the people first, the remote work, anything around those kind of job boards that are very specific to the way of which we work, yep. we will try to target. And then, and then the non-sexy answer of like when we have very specialized headhunters, like those have definitely just been one of the faster ways when we've got a very specialized, like our DevSecOps, like when we like finding somebody that's worth the investment because they can bring us candidates faster. But in terms of like people that have found us, they've been really great hires. And so we know the work that we do on a regular basis of just putting information out there about us, not just the product, but out also about the company and, and who we are as people and the way of which we're trying to build this. That's really attracted the, the type of candidates that, that fit our culture. Yeah, it's really interesting. So you guys have taken like the total build in public type of approach. Yes. Yes. Open source. Like you can see, um, from the early buildings of the actual product, and then from the weekly ships, you can kind of see how we've talked about the way of which we do strategic planning, our actual hiring process of that batting practice. I talked to you about, like we outlined all of that when we did a, we did a retreat and a lot of people started talking about the four day work week. And so we actually broke up into groups and we talked about it. We ended up doing 
um, what we call wellness days where people can now take. And so we shared all the fact that we, all of that during our Friday ships of how this was going. Here's the experiment we're running. We ran it for, I think, four, four weeks, four months, and then talked about the outcome of it. And so we're sharing all that in, in the open to kind of let people see what we're building. I think that's a, I mean, first of all, that's really cool, um, just generally speaking. But as it comes to hiring, I think that's a really unique way to attract people to your organization. And that's how you're getting people that are totally bought in. And before they're really even engaged with you in the hiring process, they know, hey, I want to work for that company because everything's out there in the open. It's super transparent. They can see the things that you're working on, see the way that you're communicating. Um, see, obviously, the information you're sharing with the public, which means you're sharing all of that with the company as well and probably even some more. So I think, you know, anybody that values that and sees that, it's going to be really attracted to any type of opportunity, you know, at your business. And I think a lot of companies don't put enough content out there that really gives a candidate insight into what's unique about that organization. And maybe in some cases it's because they really don't have anything super unique uh, in the way that you guys are doing things. But I think it's really cool how you guys have taken your culture and the way you work and really ingrained it into the hiring process to make sure that you're pulling people into the business um, that are going to really align with the way you guys are running it. Yeah, we we did the same when we were going through like our leveling. Like we, from the beginning, we've always put salary ranges on. And as a company, we pay U.S. average salaries. So even though it's you might um, be coming from a different country, we're, we've just decided as a company that we're going to pay U.S. average. If you happen to live in a more expensive city than what would be considered the U.S. average, we do give a, a, a bump that is specific to your, your city. And so, but at the same time, we never really had, you know, because we were not that large to begin with, is what does leveling look like? What does, you know, salary adjustments as that goes? And so, We've even talked about that during our Friday ships in terms of we, we've now kind of established exactly what it means to level, what those ranges are for each. And so those are very transparent. I don't think on the Friday ship we shared what all the actual salary ranges were, but we've always posted them for the open job. And then, but internally, all of our you know members now know like what the levels look like, what the salary ranges look like. We're one step shy of being completely transparent of like everyone knowing what everyone makes. We haven't gotten to that. We've had the discussion and there's still, it's the one thing I think we're not fully transparent about. And I think just because it, for some, it just becomes a little awkward, like knowing the exact person, but the ranges are there. So it's pretty easy to kind of just know where, you know, somebody's going to fall. But Yeah. Some deductive reasoning can probably get you there. And yeah, like you said, it can, yeah. it can be a little awkward when you know, you can tie an exact number to an exact individual. Uh, yeah. more awkward but as, an, as a head of operations, I love that we are going there because I don't want the indiscrepancy. Like we want to make sure that it's staying fair and it's staying level. And so the more transparent we are, the easier it is to be like, nope, we can't do that because look, this is where, you know, the, the level falls. We can't be out of, you know, out of step with what we've done for others. It makes it very easy to stay fair and concise against the yep. the levels when you're totally transparent with it. Yeah, look, you're managing expectations both with employees, but then also people that you bring on. It's very clear, you know, everything that you guys are doing, how you're paying, what the paths for growth look like. And so I think that's great. You know, it's, it's, you always want to 
reduce surprises for people. Um, yes. So the more you can do that um, by be tra being transparent in your communications and the information that you're putting out there, you know, the better candidate and employee experience you're going to drive. So that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It helps like there's very limited space for negotiating your salary because we now know exactly what the, you know, the frame is for that particular role. And we're going to make sure it's not, you know, it can't be way out of alignment with, you know, any of the other roles that we already have on the book. So it, it helps level that field in terms of, well, somebody was just really good at negotiating and somebody else didn't, and they just took what was offered. It's like, we no longer have those discrepancies happening either. Yep. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. Um, well, this has been great. I've really loved learning about what you guys are up to. I am a huge fan of the culture that you guys have and that you continue to build. And like I said, I was, uh, you know, scouring your careers page and looking at all the information you guys had available. And I was blown away, especially at the stage you guys are at now that you already have all of that built out. But I think the fact that you're establishing that as your culture now and hiring people into that culture now, like we talked about earlier, is really going to be, you know, the foundational DNA for your business moving forward. So it's been a great learning about it and thanks so much for joining me yeah thanks for having me cool